Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. But we're in a series called Testify. And as you can tell by the name, the title, it's all about sharing our faith, that which Christ has done with us. And I will tell you, we don't do it often. And the reason I know we don't do it often is because I don't do it often, and I don't see it done often, and we don't hear it done often, or else the church would be packed constantly, every church. We would see the kingdom of God in our life, but yet I hunker away from testifying in the boldness that I should. And so that's been the whole series uh, because what I know is, is I know God has prepped us for something great. Glory Church, I know I wanna be a church that, that people can come in, they can find healing, and they can find discipleship. They can be discipled. And so the future people who will be discipled are gonna be discipled not by Pastor Greg, but by you, which means there's some testifying there's some leadership qualities that you guys are going to need to gain and, and grow so that this church can be sustained for it. And so this is week six of it, and I, I told you last week that I really, like, just gypped the whole message last week and started afresh and did something very different. Um, Monday morning, we were having our staff meeting, and I was like, guys, I, I think that I just need to do that again. <laughs> I think I just need to do a, a literal continuation of what God spoke last week. Like, I think, like, I just feel like it's something we need to sit in. We need to dive into deeper. And, and I told you that last week in that di- little disruption, I felt that the Lord was saying, Greg, one of the number one reasons why you do not testify is because you have a, and some of you are going to remember this, it's going to be a little fresher, you have a wrong view of sin. You have an indifferent view of sin. You have a, a, a small view of it. And if you know anything about sin, it was completely overcome and like <laughs> turned on its head by the power of God. And if sin is small, then the power of God in my mind is not as big as it should be as it is in all reality. And so I was like, okay, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Like, let me really see and not be indifferent toward the loss of the world. Because if I really think, you know, like we, we like to think sometimes like, well, this is for me and it works with me. But if like they're fine without it, then they're fine. Can I just tell you the average person in the, in the human race who doesn't know God thinks that they're fine without him? And like, that's just how it is. But we become indifferent toward their callousness. And in turn, we've become calloused as well. And so I told you that last week, this, this idea, uh, and so if you missed that, uh, you can find it on our Glory podcast. I'm not going to be saying the exact same thing. I'm just doing a continuation because I felt like God was like, I need you to press in a little bit more on this because where there's a difference and, and a disruption in our view of sin, there's a disruption on my view of, on your view of me. And because I have come to overcome that, which we don't even care about often. We don't even want to mention. It's like the awkward uh, like elephant in the room. You remember last week I told you if I, if I said like, hey, we're going to talk about your sin struggles, everyone would be like, Ew. because when the church starts talking about sin, people get weird. People get really weird. <laughs> so we're not doing that again. Not going to just talk about your sin struggles, but I do want to sit in because I, I don't know if you realize this, but the God of the universe wants to have a active partnership with you. 
Like he wants to, he wants to have an active relationship with you where you can walk and you can literally see him in all things. Like when I said that he has renewed the garden-like experience, what I mean by that is last week I talked about the power of the creation story. Like I, I'm just like dumbfounded by Adam and Eve could literally see all things through the lens of the Lord who created them. Like when they looked at each other, they saw the Lord's fingerprints. But the moment that sin happened, that was out of the roof. And for the first time, they saw everything outside of the context of God. And outside of the context of God, can we just like realize that our mind spirals down into all these what ifs? Wow, she looks good. And now outside of the the context of God, like that turns to lust, it turns to desire, it turns to twisting, it turns to dishonor. I look at me and now I'm insecure, so I gotta cover, like this is mine, I gotta protect myself. And instantly outside of the perspective of God, we start acting, we start (laughs) reacting. But as a new creation, we're brought back. And I just feel like, What you see in me, what you see in the people that you look up to, it's nothing that you can't have yourself. He says, you're my friend. I want you to see all things through me. Like I literally want you to, when you look at another, you see my design. You see the ability to glorify me in that that interaction. Like that's this partnership that we have with God. Like I want God For when I see your people, to know your heart for them. Because when I know your heart for them, I know how to speak to them like you do. Like I know their heart language. And that like allows me to love them, to truly know them. We have a partnership with the Lord. Uh, Now, some of you were like, this is like not a hard thing for me. Some of you would take, you know, a megaphone to the streets and start blaring, like testify, you know, for, you know, get over your sins. And then you would do that. That's cool. But the majority of us would not. We shy away from doing any type of talk about sin, but in turn, we don't talk about the Lord and his partnership and what he's done with us. And so last week, if you remember, like, uh, I felt like the Lord said, Greg, you're being indifferent toward the sins of the world. And so I want to sit here a little bit because it, it's, he stretched it sort of to me. Made it really personal this week, and it was a hard week. But he made it personal. If you remember last week, I, this is just a little bit of a, a remembering, all right? So those of you who weren't there, you can, you can hear and, and check with us. I told you last week that, that sin is not an action. So not a list of acts to debate, right? You remember me saying that? Yeah. Sin is not a list of actions to debate. Throughout scripture, we see like a list of, of actions or things that are quote unquote sinful. Can I just tell you, sin is not a list of actions to debate. Sin, the same thing is just like, I can explain it this way. Your relationship with God is not a, not a list of actions that you do for him to love you, right? A relationship with God is not a religion. It is a relationship with him. It's a, it is a, a beautiful partnership. And so I told you, Sin models that. And instead of it being an action, I told you that sin is a relationship with our flesh. Do you remember me saying that? Sin is a, a relationship. Could you put that, that up, Seth? Sin is a relationship, a partnership with our flesh. It is this, uh, this, I will relate with my fears and what comes as nasty, sinful Greg's at times, right? A sin. 
I will relate with my insecurities, and that's when I sin. When I relate with my doubts, that is a sin. It's not this list. When I relate with my desires, when I relate with my abilities, my flesh, outside of God, that is a sin. It's this relationship which makes it really raw, and I needed to remind you that so that we can go forward. The world, I told you last week what broke my heart is when my mom died, when I had that, I went to my partner, my God, my strength, my rock. When the, the storms of life came, the disciples were able to run to the captain and say, hey, there's a storm going on. But the world, the partnership that they only have is with their flesh. And so when the storms of life come, why don't we break for the reality that they don't know what they do? They go to their flesh. They go to more help. They go to, to the flesh. And so I, this partnership is huge. It really allows us to break walls down and be like, oh, that's why Jesus came. Not because there are all these sinful actions, but because people literally could not access him and his peace and his love and his grace and his power and his truth. So he came. So I, I just want to like remind you of that because if I may, even us believers, like I still, I don't know about you, I still partner with my flesh. Anyone else? Like I still partner with my fears. I still partner with my sense of control. I still partner with my brain more than I partner with, not partner with the Lord. Like and my brain's pretty smart and I'm not going to be arrogant about that, but I, I love problem solving. I have found that I can partner with my thoughts quicker than I can pray to my Lord. And so, like, this is real. But what I've discovered, and, and I was going to say this last week, it just wasn't the, the, wasn't the time. But one partner will always be heard louder. And so this is what it's going to lead into this morning. One of our partners <laughs> are always going to be heard louder. And so, like, I will either hear my strength speak, my fears speak, my doubts speak, my plans speak, or I'll hear my Lord speak. And if you remember, like, I, I just, I started last week off, and I just, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And when I say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, I'm taking note of the fact that, like, my mind's going to try to start speaking too, my doubts are going to start speaking too, my annoyance is going to start speaking too, but no, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to hear you louder. If you remember our Lord, he says, like, Come to me, all you who are weak and weary, and I'll give you rest. My burden, he has one, but it's light. My yoke, he has one, but it's easy. And so, like, let me speak louder. Let me, there is a, a, a thing that I have for you to do, and it looks so overwhelming, but come to me. Come to me. And so as I, I talked last week about the story of the fall, if I can just put you back in the position of Adam and Eve, when they sinned, the father comes in, and what do they hear louder than the voice of the Lord? They hear his feet. Like it literally says that they heard him walking in the evening wind. What? Like I'm like, what? They heard that, but what they heard louder is shown by the actions that followed. They hid because louder than the evening walk of the Lord was the fear. And so they hid. Now, I, 
I know for a fact that God is calling our church to do some great things. I do. But what happens is that when the Lord works and operates in the city, that movement is going to take place. And our church will move on what they hear louder. Whether they hear fear, whether they hear insecurities, whether they hear the lies of the self, whether they hear their flesh or their plans, or they hear the Lord walking. And so they come and follow. Does that make sense? Like that's a, I, I need, some of you not getting that, I, shake yes if that makes sense. What I'm worried about is that our church, we have not dealt with me. We have not dealt with me. I have not handed over and exchanged some partnerships. So that when God starts really moving around me, I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to feel seen which I'm afraid of, I'm going to feel insecure, and so I'm going to run and hide. We have to start exchanging some partnerships. Or when the Lord moves, we will be afraid, and not in a good way. Does that make sense? And so I just like, you know. The truth has happened in a room, and sometimes you hear fear louder and so you, you hide. The truth has happened in a room, and sometimes you feel, like I just remember Meg's story when Meg said like she was at a, a Christmas uh, worship service, and the whole time, though no one was looking at her, though no one said anything, the whole time what was screaming in her was, you are rejected. And then finally the Lord said, no, I have something specifically for you that I need to hear you to hear. You are not rejected. And so we gotta be willing to hear the Lord louder. So we got some exchanges to make uh, because I was going to say this last week too, but God had another plan. Our partnering, partnering with the flesh, it will always disrupt our experience of God. And so when I say like, if you're going to testify to what the Lord has done in you, remember the way that you do it is, hey, the kingdom of God is near. But how can I speak of the kingdom when I don't even experience it? Think of how debilitating that is. Think about debilitating. If I don't, if I partner with my life, my plans, to the point where it disrupts my experience with God, then I don't really have an awareness of the kingdom to even bring to people. I don't. Now, if you've been tracking with every uh, sermon in this series, you know that at the beginning of every one of them, we've had a video. Some of you who are like by the book kind of people, you're like, where was the testimony this morning? Pastor Greg, where's that video? Because every single week we've showed a video of a real Glory Church family member who has shared their testimony. And it's been really powerful, right? Like, honestly, it's been really powerful. Uh, And so this morning, we didn't have that. And some of your little sticklers are like, where's the video? It's because I really felt like God wanted me to talk, to speak. And so this morning is a little different. I I had to remind you of where we came from last week so that I can insert us into this this week. And I I felt like he said, I need you to tell you to speak a testimony. Now, I wish I I could give the full picture of my my story. Um, But he asked me, like, my story with God began, you know, 20 years ago. And so I could give that whole picture, but that's a long time, right, right? 
Like God has, the man that I was 15 years ago is completely different than the man I am now. Like, and so I, though I wish I could drive into that part of my testimony, the Lord wants me to be a little bit more um, uncomfortable up here. And he's asked me to speak the story of my life now that is still processing with the things. Does this make sense? Because sometimes our testimony isn't a silver lining attached to it, and I'm good, and God healed me. I'm like, no, sometimes the healing takes so long, and I'm still in it, and that's still a testimony of God's greatness, right? Sometimes we like to silver line it. I'm not going to share this to anyone until I'm done and through. That's way easier to speak. But the testimony I have for you is what I'm living in. And I was like, God, are you sure you want that like, to be said? And I felt like he, and now he doesn't really audibly talk to me, all right? Like, I told you that last week yet, right? I'm praying, like, Lord, just speak. Like, that's been the, the prayer. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And one day, like, I'm just like, I'm, but my heart does know his voice. You know what I mean? Like, my heart. And I felt like this week he said, I need you to be honest with the exchanges that you've made as a pastor, the exchanges that you are making of the partnership that you have had and the one that you are growing with me. And so that's where I'm at. All right, that's what I'm sharing. This week sucked. Can I say sucked as a pastor? It, it was hard. It was not good. Um, because... I will tell you, uh, I'm not reactive toward many things. I'm pretty even-killed when I deal with my emotions, but a couple things that make me reactive, and I, I had to write them down so that I, I can say them and not some easier version. Rejection. It triggers me. Setbacks, failures of my own, confusion, and abandonment. And I feel like in the season that I am in, those words have kept happening in my heart. And God is saying, they're going to keep happening because my son was rejected, abandoned. He had setbacks. He experienced failures. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was a sense of confusion. And he's like, so I need you to know, Greg, that it's not the partnership with your flesh that are causing these things. But it is the partnership with your flesh that's making them way worse because I want you to see me in it. So those are my trigger words, and it'll make sense as I keep going. I did have to type, like, write out and outline my testimony, which is weird because that's just not normally something I have to do. But uh, I will tell you the triggers that happen to me, I start walling up. I start um, getting afraid to dream. I start lacking trust of the Lord. I think that I'm smarter than him, um, if I can just be honest. I, and I think that, like, I could do better if I had the reins, right? Anyone else? Like, yeah, I could do better if I had the reins. So honestly, uh, this whole church planting season has been in that, in this. Um, a number of those moments, I don't know if you know this, but those of you who are new to Glory Church, we're just like a year and a half year old, years old, like a year and a half old. There we go. A year and a half old. We launched and my family of six, we moved here in the summer of 2019. So we're fresh. We're fresh. 
If you've been a part of Glory Church in the, the past few months, I don't know what your perspective is of the church, whether you're like, yeah, I can tell they're new, or you're like, oh, I thought they were here for a while. No, we're just a year and a half old. We're like little toddlers that don't know what to do. Like, do we walk or, cry, or crawl? Like, what's the, the fastest way? And that's our life. But I felt called to move in September of 2018. And though pastoring like was not like a, a new thing for me, by that time I was seven years, and many of you don't know this, this part, I was a youth pastor and a pastor to, to students, college students, and an awesome volunteer team at our church. And I was a pastor for almost seven years there. Got to teach, lead, help, help vision cast for our church. God was doing some really good things. But if I can tell you, <laughs> planting a church is vastly different than pastoring a church. Whew, it was hard. And I, I said, my story with Glory Church has been, and I've not, I told Kate this morning, I was like, this is something that I've been feeling for a long time and I haven't even told you this. So I'll tell you this morning so that you're not like, what? My story with Glory Church honestly feels so closely related to Joseph in the Bible. Um, do you know the, the coat of many colors, Joseph? Yeah. The little boy who was given a coat of many colors and his brothers were jealous of it so much so that uh, they, they took advantage of that. Well, before that happened, Joseph dreamed a dream and he had a vision and he was sitting as an adult. I mean, he was a kid at the time. He's sitting as an adult in a land that he did not have a background in, surrounded by leaders who were of a different ethnicity than him giving mercy and power and leadership to those that he was not ever able to do before this. And he was sitting on a throne with so much resources that his brain couldn't fathom. And he was able to give them, meet needs through a drought, provide here, here, here. I felt the whole time of Glory Church I so closely related to Joseph because what happens? Joseph tells his brothers, and they were not ready to hear that, right? They were not ready to hear that they were at the feet of Joseph in his dream, begging him for things. Like one, that dream is just strange, but two, to an older brother, that's like fighting words. And so if you know the story, uh, he gets rejected, abandoned, sold to slavery. I am a visionary, and I have seen Glory Church. Kate knows that I have seen you guys when I didn't even know what it looked like to lead a multi-ethnic church. I saw one, saw faces. I saw addicts healed. I saw marriages restored. I saw children who had a dad come back because his life was changed. I saw these things. I saw a church that didn't operate like a church. I wasn't speaking on a big stage with the lights down and it, was, it looked like that, but it was a bright place. I, I saw leaders who were of different ethnicity with me that I, would, I was able to equip to do the work. I saw all of these things, I'm not even joking, named it Glory Church, 
made an Instagram account for it. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. And it was a year before anyone even knew that we were going to plant a church. Year before we even knew where it was. I didn't know it was Kansas City. Um, I will tell you, like Joseph, who I've been thrown in a hole a couple times, <laughs> I felt that the Lord kept saying the whole time, go forth, because my presence will be with you. Go forth, because my presence will be with you. I didn't claim being a church planter. I didn't even claim that vision because I didn't think I was old enough for it. And so for a long time, I didn't say it. I just sat where I was at. God, I know you've given me this, this like, this vision, this value. Like, I, I know, like, but I'll just operate in where I'm at right now. And uh, so much so that finally, when I, it was wrestling in me, I was like, God, if I just have the place, if you would just tell me the place, because right now it was just Glory Church, not Glory Church Kansas City. It was just Glory Church. If I just tell, you tell me the place that I'm supposed to lead in, I will do it. And my, my God was like, you are trying to partner with this place more than you're partnering with me. Like you're trying to partner with what your mind can conceive and all the plans that you would make more than just partnering with me. Go forth and I will, my presence will be with you. And I'm like, but God, like I don't, where would we go? What's the place? You're trying to partner with something tangible. I need you, I'm not tangible. You go, you lead, my presence will be with you. And it was a scary thing. So finally, uh, we claimed Kansas City as our, as, our, as our place. Glory Church, Kansas City came to be. Um, my son was singing one day, little Jack. And about this time, he was like three, four. And he's singing, God will make a way to Kansas City. Just over and over. God will make a way. And he didn't know, like, can, God will make a way to Kansas City. Just singing it. And... Uh, all right, God, we're going to Kansas City. One week after that, we uh, choose a church planting organization. Um, and I go out, and I, if you know anything about me, you guys, Seth got to experience it. When there's a large crowd of people, I'm just like, you think Kate, you know Kate, she, her introvertedness comes out all the time. But in a large crowd of people, I'm like, Rrr. and so here I am in a pastor's like conference where all of these people are pastors and I'm obviously a not yet, right? Because I, we just started walking as future church planters. And I go, people are asking, well, where do you want to plant? I'm now like one week strong in this like Kansas City. That's it. Do you know what they said to me? If you plant with us, we're going to highly ask you to not go to Kansas City. And I was like, no, but I've seen it. We're, we would ask you to change the location. And it was like, no, I, I, I want to go to the urban, like urban core, like that's where we're called. And I, all the Facebook messages when we announced it, guys, Greg, do you realize that you're a white boy from a white town? I heard that too many times. Do you realize that like you, are you going to be another white savior? Like I literally got, you talk about hip pushback that I got. Greg, you've never, you've never stepped out of white Arkansas. What thing, what do you make you, you're there? Joseph, you've never like even stepped foot in a palace, you idiot. Like, what do you think, what are you doing there? You think you're going to lead, you're an Israelite, a poor one. What are you, what are you doing? 
You think that you're going to give us resources? No. And so I just kept, God, what are you doing? And he kept saying, go forth. My presence will be with you. We had another church planning organization that we, we stuck with, uh, Converge. They're amazing. Uh, they're made up of, of our elders now. They've, they've been with us, seen through it. But it didn't stop. We got here, moved here, and I met, some of you were in this, met October, two years ago now, 2019. We met for the first time on a Sunday morning in my house. Some of you were there, right? There's 24 of us, I think. 20, 24. Look at that picture now, and you want to talk about something humbling? Like less than half of those people actually made it to Glory Church. October was hard. You don't know this, but I got dozens upon dozens of rejections about where we could even have a church. I called so many places. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Just give me a location, and we'll go there. Give me something to promote. Like, give me something to lead people to. And he's like, it's not, your, it's not your partnership with that place that's going to help you. It's your partnership with me. But God, where will I point them to? To me. And I'm like, I know, but how? It doesn't make sense. Why aren't you doing this? We got tons of rejections. I will tell you that I knew, and I'm the crazy church planter, like I came up to my assessment, and some of you know this about me. I came up, some people are like, I don't have a church name yet, and I think we want these core values. I've seen these like values and missions of other churches, so we're just going to use that. And I came, Kate and I, and I'm like, have this booklet printed out. Some of you know me. Booklet printed out. It's hole punched. Like, no, actually, that one was bound I, 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 I self-published a book about Glory Church, and inside of it was our core vision that we will see a city changed by homes that are changed. Here's core values are these, that, that. It's not made from anyone else. This is like my convictions. I will live his truth. I will love my neighbor. I will celebrate diversity. I will serve my home. I will invest my resources. And I will move forward. Why? Because that reeks the McKinney's. And so I come with it, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I've seen the people. Like, I know it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Not only that, but like, all of you, you just want a church right now. But I like, I want an event space with our church. So that like our inner city, and like literally, this is me, young man. And they're like, who is this pipsqueak? No, I see a building that could be used multiple times because it's not about the building, but what is provided when they walk in with us is so much discipleship. Why? Because when you have an event space, you can start having a setup and in, in cleanup team that can be discipled and it can allow people to have make money and an income. And then there's this room and it allows people to come in that would never step foot into a church, but they're stepping foot into an event space. But number two, do you know that inner city churches spend way too much money to keep the lights on on their building? And this ability to be like, well, our building is not even up to you guys to care for. We get to do real things in the city with your income. And so this is the vision, and I just remember people being like, how would you just get the church launched? How would you? That's too much. Just stick with what we tell you. 
And so they'll be rejected, rejected, rejected. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? I've seen this. Like, is this something I just need to give up? I've seen this. And he kept saying, go forth. My presence will be with you. My presence will be with you. If you know we have this building on truce that I've had a partnership, can I tell you two years ago, October 28th, I toured it for the first time, and I was like, this is the space that I've seen. So afraid to say that, because what if like it gets taken away, and then you're like, but this is the space that I've seen. This is the area on truce. This is the heart. This is it. And I could have taken advantage of that and signed it. But I literally feel like, you know, the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife? You know, like she's right there. I've seen myself on a throne. Potiphar's wife's coming for me. I could get the, I could get the throne. We could do a whole David Bathsheba thing, right? We could do a whole David and Bathsheba thing and I could get the throne, but he chose integrity. And when did, where did he wind up? Jail. I will tell you, so those are my triggers. It all wound up to Thursday when um, I've been trying to get all of these squares. You know, you know me, like I, w- I want all the things lined out to what to do so that we can see this building come to fruition. And we got two of our bids back, and they were $300,000 over what our max budget was. And the reason, it, it, they had to contact a, like a, a structural engineer and electric, electrical engineer um, because the building has to be coded and changed from office space to, um, and I tell you, this is weird to add in a sermon. I know, this is my story, so there you go. Uh, changed from an office space to a gathering space. And that's a lot. You got you to have more electric. You got to have more support because you're going to have hundreds in the room. And so you have to support it. And you're going to have to have more HVAC. And you're going to have to have more blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, what? I'm stuck again? Like I'm back in this jail cell of waiting for this vision to come. Like I thought I was close. God, what are you doing? And then we had that worship night, which was... I was not happy about. I'm like literally like, okay, I'll sing. Uh, there was a, a, we went to see Maverick City on Thursday as a, as a staff. I was very unhappy about it, but I'm going to put a smile on. We're going to make it through it. And I felt the, like the Lord said, I said, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what is happening. And what came into my mind was the um, omega symbol. Do you know the Omega symbol? It's like this. It's like a horseshoe sort of, but with little legs. The Omega symbol means the end. And I just felt like God was saying, well, I know that God is saying, Greg, you are calling this jail, for Joseph's word, Joseph, you're calling this jail the end. You're calling this setback the end. You're calling this rejection this abandonment, the end. You're calling it the end. But I'm the omega. I'm the end. And so, Greg, you're acting like this should get the attention and honor and glory that is deserved to me. It's not the end. I'm the end. 
you, you're looking at this as if it's so heavy because the end is heavy, but that's not the end, Greg. I'm the end. I'm the end. I'm the end. And it was just this beautiful time where I literally exchanged a whole lot of stuff. So much so that the next song right after this was uh, the song that gives me anxiety. Like, I don't listen to Maverick City very often. I'm sorry if you're watching this and you're like, I'm a, sometimes the music just gives me anxiety. But it's a song called, like, Wait on You, Lord. And it was like, I will wait on you, Lord. Wait on you, Lord. I will, like, he renews their strength, those who wait. And so just, and I'm like, God, I don't want to wait. Like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. And then I felt like he said, but do you need strength, Greg? I don't want to wait, God. But while you're in this jail cell, do you need strength? While you're waiting, do you need strength? And I'm like, yes, I need strength. Then wait. But I don't want to wait. But do you need strength? Yes, I need strength. Then wait. But I don't want to wait. Do you need strength? Yes, I need strength. Then wait. And that was literally the back and forth between me and the Lord. That night I reconciled some beliefs to him. The partnership with my fear, him. My partnership with my abilities, give to him. The partnership with my doubt, it was exchanged for him. The partnership, and I'm continuing to exchange it. And Paul says, all of that, the old to the new, is from God, who's given us a message of reconciliation. Not only that, he's entrusted us with it. So now we are witnesses, ambassadors of that message, that God, because he's making his appeal through us. So I exchanged some things, made newness in my heart, and he's entrusted me as a witness. And I, I, I say all of that because you want to know why we testify? I just modeled it with you and you don't even realize it. Why we testify? Why we are told to be honest with people about our life? It's because of what I just showed you, because I just showed you in this instant that your pastor is just like you. I showed you in this instant that your pastor deals with real life fears, but I've now actively showed you how I've exchanged them. We testify because we have to realize that we get to let people know the process of reconciliation by testifying. This is a literal what I was going to preach on already. When we make known the process, can you put that up? When we make known the process, the exchange, it gives God, like it, it, God allows it to bring clarity to people so that they know what their next step is. Do you want to know why the enemy doesn't want you to testify? Because as you start sharing your process, it's going to inevitably give people their next step in a much powerful way than someone blaring, repent, right? Like, you're a sinner, like all that. Like, that's, that's great, cool, cool. But when I testify my story of I was blind and now I see because he met with me and he, he gave me value and he spoke this instantly, people are able to draw a line without even me planning. Like, right, while I was telling my story, some of you were like, I'm right there with you, right? Did you think that? That is so much me. Wow, instinctually, the Holy Spirit is already showing you how you can fill in the gap and move forward, right? Was that happening? I'm, I'm, yeah, I knew it was, it was. Because when we testify, 
to how God has reconciled us to him, it starts clarifying the process for others. That is the number one reason why the enemy does not want you to testify. Because then God will always be distant from mankind until you make known the Lord who came near. That it's closer, he's closer than a brother. But no one's gonna know that unless we speak, we testify. Paul's literally telling the Corinthians, like, God is making his appeal through you, through you. Do you wanna know what the appeal means, the word appeal means? This word appeal, it's parakaleo. It means call, an invite, a comfort, an encouragement. That literally God makes his call on people's hearts through you, through your words. That means as I'm speaking and testifying right now, sharing my story, God is already inviting you deeper. That's the power of testimonies. That he literally makes his call through us. That's beautiful. You want to know why people aren't invited to know him? Because you won't speak to them. Ugh. You want to know why people aren't encouraged to know him? Because you haven't testified. He hasn't made an appeal through you. You want to know why your office is still acting like your office? Because you haven't called. He hasn't called them through your testimony. This is why we testify. And then Paul finishes out, and I'm just going to read it because it's just beautiful. He does exactly what I just modeled to you. Paul knows what he's doing. Paul shares a testimony. He literally says, as we work together with God, meaning as me and the leaders of the Corinth church work together with God, we also urge you to not accept the grace of God in vain. Because we have been putting no obstacle in people's way. We've been very plain. I've shown you my heart. Literally, as your pastor, I have not put any obstacle to make you think that I'm higher than you. Like, I, I have tried as my best to, to be vulnerable and real. This is what Paul's saying. I'm not putting any obstacle in any way. But as servants of God, we've commended ourselves in every way. And now he's sharing his story. These are my triggers. Through great endurance, Paul said, I've been afflicted. I've had hardships. I've had calamities. If you know Paul, he's been in shipwrecks. He's been beaten. He's been imprisoned. These are his things that have happened. He's had riots and labors. He's experienced sleepless nights, hunger. But he's done so by partnering with purity, not anger. By partnering with the knowledge of God, not the wisdom of man. By partnering with the kindness of the Lord by partnering with the holiness of spirit, by partnering with genuine love, truthful speech. Paul's literally mimicking what I, like, I just did for you. Corinthian church, the reason I am the way that I am is because I've gone through these things by partnering with the Lord, the power of God. Because I have had honor and dishonor, ill repute and good repute. Can you go to the next one? I have been treated as a fake man, but I'm true because I partner with the Lord. I've felt unknown, but I'm very known. I felt like I'm dying at times, but guess what? I'm still alive because I partner with the Lord. Like I have, I have been punished, but not killed. Sorrowful, yet I'm always rejoicing. Poor, yet make, I make many rich. I have nothing, yet I possess everything because I partner with the Lord. And this is where we're gonna end. I have spoken frankly 
to you, Glory Church. Oh, I mean Corinthians. I've spoken frankly with you. My heart has been wide open so that you can see the workings of the Lord and how he's reconciled me. There's no restriction in my affection for you. I've prayed for you since day one I saw the vision. Like I, I've opened wide my heart in return. I speak to you like children. Will you open wide yours? And then he ends. It's done. It's over. This beautiful section. And I will tell you honestly, I could not have spoke it better than Paul just did. Some of you, you literally have not opened wide your heart to the Lord. And be like, whatever you want to exchange, God, I'll do it. Whatever you want to exchange, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever partnership that I'm doing, God, right now that, that is with my flesh or my plans or my desires or my fears, and I keep hiding, I'll exchange it. Corinthian church, I have opened wide my heart to you. Will you just do your, yours as well? The word open wide just literally means allowing your inner self to come out. Take my inner self Heal it, allow it to come out. As we end this, this morning, I actually want a time of response. Man, you guys can come on up. What I know to be true is that an exchange isn't going to be made unless we pause and do it. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.